Hi, it's Lieutenant Governor Bethany Hall Long, and welcome back to the State of the Health of Delaware. Today, I am ecstatic to be with our incredible Director of Delaware's Division of Public Health, my friend, your friend, who's been keeping us safe, Dr. Carol Rite. Welcome, Dr. Rite. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. It's really great to be with you today and to talk about something a little different than COVID alone. Yes. We're going to talk about COVID because you've been such a champion and such a leader. And I'm going to put it right out there right away because I know you will not do this, but I do want to indicate as chair of the National Lieutenant Governors Association, I talk to all the lieutenant governors in 50 states and territories, and you have been a real role model. We've been great press on the initiatives that we've taken here in Delaware. Certainly we've had our challenges, but you have stepped up and met them and you've been an incredible leader, our longest serving director of public health in our state's history, our champion. And I know whether it's COVID or infant mortality, chronic disease, opioid epidemic, you are front and center. So I'm kind of taken away from our listening and viewing audience. Uh, my first question, I've kind of answered a touch, but tell the listeners, tell us a little bit about the role that you have. What is the director of public health? What is it that you do on a day-to-day -day basis pre-COVID and now, of course, during COVID? I think we all know because we see you each week on the governor's press conference. So tell us a little bit about your job. Yeah, yeah so yeah. our division is um, our mission is to protect and promote the health of all Delawareans. So that's pretty broad, right? There's, um, and as we've learned more and more, health is impacted by so many different factors, uh, certainly not just healthcare. Um, so our division is, is really um, quite a large division and much of our division really is focused on prevention. In fact, uh, promotion of healthy lifestyles, um, promotion um, healthy moms and babies, um, uh, management of chronic disease, um, but we also do uh, certainly focus a lot on infectious diseases, as you all seen this last oh. year, on uh, preparedness, um, which again you've all seen a lot this year, and and data as as well. So again, it's a large division, over 800 people at this point, um, who do many many different functions. Right, and it's amazing, and you collaborate across agencies. I mean, you and I have worked together, and I was in the House and Senate um, when you first came to Delaware, where we've had to cross over, whether it's an initiative addressing uh, our children in the wellness centers, your leadership there, or a very somber issue, our twindemic, right, the opioid epidemic. Um, you know, that has been huge. So tell us in your mind how you would describe what is a healthy lifestyle? Because you and I had the privilege this year with Governor Carney's task force looking at the healthy lifestyles, coming up with a report. Uh, what do you consider to be a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, I say first that my thinking's evolved a lot. Um, going through medical school and even residency, you know, some of the way we would interact with people was kind of like, do you eat healthy or do you exercise and kind of telling people, you know, you need to eat healthy or you need to exercise. And, um, you know, we've learned so much uh, over time, certainly about the importance of healthy eating, certainly about the importance of physical activity and, um, it, it, uh, you know, moderate or no, you know, 
risk-taking behaviors like tobacco or um, other other substances and just taking good care of yourself, like sleep and stress management, um, all that's so very important. But what, you know, I think we've learned so much more over time is how complex it is mm-hmm. for people to have healthy lifestyles. Mm-hmm. You have to have access to mm-hmm. physical activity opportunities and healthy lifestyles. And you have ac- have to have access or w- a way to address the stress in, mm-hmm. in your life so that you're not, you know, self-medicating with substances that may harm you. Um, and, and so, you know, as we now think about how do you support healthy lifestyles in our state, in our communities, I think it's very different than um, the way many of us uh, physicians, and I know nurses as well, you know, are kind of trained to think about almost like finger wagging, like it's it's up to you. You have to make mm-hmm. good choices. And of course we do, but our culture, our environment, that all needs to support healthy, healthy lifestyle choices as well. Great. And that's so important. You know, you mentioned that and there's things you've done, you know, with our cancer in our state, you know, you've really collapsed that uh, whole discrepancy between um, the black community and Caucasian community with colorectal mortality, but it took concerted effort, right? And it wasn't lecturing. I agree with you. You know, it's easy to say, well, you should do this and that. And if you don't have the resources, so to your credit, it's up to us, myself, both as a nurse, faculty, professor, and also as a lieutenant governor now with you, making sure we have those social determinants, like people have access to transportation, they can walk to a store, they know how to plant a garden out of interest, right? Their own self-motivation. And uh, I just thank you for that. And mentioning the whole impact of mental health and behavioral health during COVID, you know, the social isolation and having the, uh, the access, working with your sister agency, the Department of Substance Abuse and Mental Health, to make sure we have 24 seven resources. So when somebody picks up the phone, they have someone to talk to. And thank you for your work around insurance and environment. I mean, you guys have really done a lot um, there and building up our public health lab, you know, now more than ever, we know that we have those needs. So speaking about lifestyles, what have you observed during COVID? What have been some of those even Or or is there some challenge that really stood out during COVID to you from a health perspective? You know, one of the things that's most striking is the impact of unhealthy lifestyles on um, the health of people impacted by COVID. Um, So I think that that in and of itself is really worth mentioning when we think about those who have had the most severe consequences from COVID, um, you know, individuals with diabetes, individuals with cardiovascular disease, um, individuals um, with with cancer, um, are individuals who have struggled more so. Um, individuals who are overweight or obese are at you know the highest risk of um, of um, COVID consequences. So I think that that in and of itself is another reminder of why prevention is um, so incredibly important. In fact, I just saw a study um, earlier today that was recently released. Those individuals who are physically active and get COVID fare much better. Wow. Maybe that's not super surprising, but I think it's really useful information. Yeah. But 
But as it relates to this year, you know, I think many people have really struggled with um, being able to make healthy lifestyle choices. You know, early on, I think people were afraid to go to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, a lot of gyms, um, gyms have not been one of the safest places to to be. Um, A lot of youth sports were were canceled. Um, When I think about the impacts of COVID on healthy lifestyles, the impacts have been much, much greater on some of our higher risk communities and some of mm-hmm. our higher risk kids um, who may not have access to some of the um, sports opportunities that some other kids have. Maybe their kids can't, or their, maybe their parents can't drive them mm-hmm. to school for sports practice now. Um, I, and so I, I, I worry the most about mm-hmm. the impact of this, um, of this pandemic on our, our highest risk communities, our highest risk kids, and healthy lifestyles is certainly a part of it, as is stress, as you have, have mentioned, and as I know that you are so very focused on mental health. Mental health. Yeah. Wow. But those are really, really important points, right? I mean, we've seen that. So those challenges, and then um, I, you know, I'll talk on it in a minute, because you've been out there with me with the Lieutenant Governor's Challenge, which any of our listeners can participate in. It could be an individual, it can be a workplace, it can be a school setting. You at the Division of Public Health Department at the department level was a shining winner, you know, last year of ways that we were raising awareness around health. And um, before I jump real quick about to some of those breakouts in um, the policy system, the environment system that the Lieutenant Governor Challenge calls for, I want to mention one thing that you and I, I know, talked about recently was we've taught persons this year a bright light for me in dealing with infectious disease is the impact with not as many cases of flu. And do you want to address why that might be? Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, it's really been an informative year, isn't it? I mean, we've done so much to decrease the spread of infection uh, that, um, you know, through social distancing and mask wearing and uh, hand sanitizing (laughs) that so many of the other infections that just predominate in the pediatric world, which, you know, um, you what out. I'm most accustomed mm-hmm. to, but, um, you know, just in general, I mean, we've seen almost no flu cases. It's been really astonishing. And I hope that that's something that we take forward, you yep. know, out of this pandemic, that people have a better understanding about infection control and what we can do to, to decrease spread of, of any kind of infection. It's pretty much, I know, it's one of the silver linings. Folks wash their hands now. They think before they touch. They don't rub their faces as much, all those things. And so another opportunity to think forward, you know, you've been such a champion working with my office, the Lieutenant Governor's Challenge 2.0, which built on then Governor Carney's initiative. When he was Lieutenant Governor, we've included emotional well-being uh, as one of the categories dealing with mindfulness and stress management, healthy living Uh, working with programs around chronic disease management, and then certainly also mother and child health. All of those together in your team, uh, your section has been a remarkable support to this initiative. And we actually have a call out through the end of May um, this year where folks hopefully are signing up and participating, whether as an individual, a school, a workplace, where we change systems. You know, where we, we actually had one department last year Folks lost cumulatively over a couple hundred pounds. People went off medication. We had persons learn for the first time about mindfulness and stress and were able to go off other meds. So again, 
it's all about coming together. And so I don't know if you have any reflection on anything around the Lieutenant Governor's challenge or anything that we may have missed. Because before you know it, we are almost out of time here. We're going to be wrapping it up. So I don't know if you want to add any comments around the LG challenge or thoughts. Yeah, well, yeah. I just want to start by saying how grateful I am to you for your leadership across all health and public <laughs> health issues. And so grateful to you for rejuvenating the Lieutenant Governor's Challenge and for taking this broader scope uh, to focus on not just healthy lifestyles, which is so important, but chronic disease and maternal and child health and um, and behavioral health um, as well. And um, you know, really focusing on the policy, the system, the environmental changes, and highlighting that so people can understand what that means, um, I think is so exciting. And and the um, the awardees and 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 even you know that all of the applicants that have put forward their initiatives, um, it's just so exciting to see the many different things going on in our communities and in our work sites uh, within organizations, really creative, innovative ideas that are really, um, really supporting and encouraging uh, change among people. And I think this is this is what we need for people to really see what it means to to make healthy choices and make, um, you know, supports for um, uh, um, whether it's managing chronic disease or preventing mental health um, or supporting mental health, making that easy for people, making it understandable. I think that's what the Lieutenant Governor's Challenge does. It really makes it concrete. And so I, I thank you for that. And we are so happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that, too, because it's a team effort. Your team's there and it cuts across both private sector, public sector. And, you know, again, the, our time has gone so quickly uh, today. But I do think you touched on some things that persons need to know. It doesn't have to be fancy uh, changes that we make in our lifestyle. We may put down the sugary soda and substitute that sugar for a glass of water or a non-sweet, we come up with a natural sweetener or we take the elevator versus if we don't take the elevator, we take the stairs. Little subtle changes. You know, you've seen that where people give up sugary soda and they lose 15 pounds. Absolutely. So it could yeah, be something yeah. simple. I think that's so key for people to remember. It seems very daunting often to really be able to manage your health and, and um, get yourself into a healthier place. And, and those small changes um, can make such a huge difference. The whole mental health piece, want to reiterate, you know, it is okay not to be okay. It is okay not to be okay. We have the HOPE line that is available, the 1-833-9-DE-HOPE. They can call 24-7. We have bridge clinics that your uh, sister agency, DSAM, has put in place where folks can get services, and we have our mobile crisis. So the whole mind-body, the mind-body connection is part of that whole healthy lifestyle. And you have exemplified somehow as one of the top directors of public health in our country that ability during this time. If anyone has had stress and pressure, it's been you. And, you know, as we wrap it out, how have you coped? Have you exercised? What have you done for yourself? Yeah, there's long ago in my life that I had to be physically active. And of course, it's, you know, for my physical health, but more for my mental health and stress. So yoga and running are my key things, but walking the dog um, with my family, you know, is another 
another thing, but I am, you know, I, I know how much I need physical activity, but I also need some time off here yeah. and there, which is hard to find sometimes, yeah. but yeah. even if it's just a few hours um, right. and good sleep, you know, th right. those are the things that make us. Right. Um, and you're in a sunny room right now. You know, look at that beautiful sun. Even though I know you're here in Delaware, you kind of look like you could be in a nice tropical vacation area. So you've kind of created a nice homey milieu environment. And um, the other thing about homes, I know you've worked hard on healthy homes. And I thank you for your work in equity. As we wrap this out, I know you've made it a real important priority of yours to address communities of color and disparity in our vulnerable communities. So I just thank you for that. So as we wrap this out, do you have some final thoughts or comments, even on those items I just mentioned? Uh, I just again want to thank you for the time and for, for having me as a part of this podcast today. And I especially want to thank you. You've mentioned several times things I've accomplished. I, I've accomplished nothing without a great team around me. And you are, you know, such a great partner in all of the work Thanks. that we have been doing. So um, I just, I can't thank you enough. You're welcome, but boots on the ground. You know, I've been out there, the undercover Lieutenant Governor vaccinating over 3000 folks with you. Dr. Rite and I, for those listening in, have been in the vaccine pods. Please, when your opportunity comes up, please get vaccinated. I know you've heard it a lot, but it is the way that we're gonna get out of this together. And I know Dr. Rite, you've been the champion of that. And it's just been my privilege to be in line to be on the streets, to vaccinate, to screen, and uh, thank you for that message. So I will give you the last word, and then I'm going to close this out. So the last word to you, Dr. Rite, anything you might want to mention? I just, um, you know, I, I hope that those who have taken the time to kind of listen in and, and um, be a part of this, take a few moments for themselves and think about um, what kinds of changes um, may be important or helpful in their own life. And as you mentioned, um, think about just some of the small changes that may be able to make a difference. We know everybody's struggling right now um, and uh, some more than others. Maybe it's reaching out to a friend, um, but maybe it's just finding some time to, to walk your dog or to go outside now that it's nicer. But uh, um, I, I encourage people to to think about what are the small changes that might be able to make a difference um, for them and for our communities and our state as a whole. Thank you. So thank you again. Um, I want to say uh, thanks to Dr. Rite for joining us today, uh, joining in our podcast, uh, another episode of the State of Health in Delaware. This is Lieutenant Governor Hall Long. Thank you for joining.